Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Two My Sisters podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Renee. And we are your online big sisters and hosts of the Two My Sisters podcast. We are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we are going to be talking about whether or not you should go ahead and monetize your passion. Is everything you enjoy meant to make money? Money, 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 money. Don't you just love talking about money, Courtney? Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) sometimes sometimes should you monetize your passion should you monetize it that's the real make money from what you love yes courtney Mm -hmm. as our resident money queen lol i will take that title thank you sanona have you ever monetized your passion oh yeah (laughs) girl 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 let me break it easy you know what i'm saying let me break it easy (laughs) Now that we know that you've monetized your passion, (laughs) Miss Courtney, what has your experience been like Mm. of doing this? Okay, so uh, in terms of monetizing my passion, when I was 13, I had like a love for doing my own hair, doing other people's hair. Um, And I I decided to become a mobile hairstylist, just doing hair for people I knew around me. Mm. And then um, I ended up working in a salon and then that led to me like working in a hair company, um, doing business development for them. And then a couple of years later, I started my own hair company and that's what I do currently. Um, In terms of other passions that I have, like creativity, talking, I monetize that through YouTube. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I... I am I am the queen. <laughs> I have well to be honest, I wouldn't say I mean self-professed queen, that's not humble at all. I'm screaming. But um no, I I definitely love the concept of turning your passions into something that can give you financial freedom to be able to continue to do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um and I do believe in monetizing your passions as well. I know there's limits to it. There are there are some things you should do that you just enjoy and just for enjoyment and relaxation sake. Yeah. But for me I my mind often goes to like, oh I really love to do this thing. How can I monetize it? That's yeah. awesome. That is awesome. How about you? Um Miss Writer Extraordinaire. Oh, Go on. Uh, talk to us. Gosh, well I don't really want to talk about it. You know, I'm trying to be hum- <laughs> no, I'm trolling. Um Yeah, so I have loved writing since I was a a wee little lass. Um, (laughs) I used to write like short stories and I used to like distribute them in class so that people Mm. could read like my columns and stuff like that. And I had like a a long-standing blog where I just blogged about a lot of random things. And it was only when I left university that I actually took writing seriously in terms of monetizing it. Mm. So I started, to, I moved over my blog to Medium, which mm. is basically a um, writer's platform. So it, essentially you write, and if you join the um, Medium Writer Program, then you get paid based on things like views, mm. clicks, shares, all that stuff. And I remember my first paycheck from doing that mm. was a grand total of three cents. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> oh, it was so discouraging. I yeah. was just like, why am I doing this again? Yeah, it's similar to YouTube when you, you see your AdSense and it's like 24p, it's just like, 30p. What's the point in all like, of that? Oh, wow. so, yeah, but I stuck it out and continued writing for a while. Mm. Um, maybe about a year or two. It was only a couple of months in where I actually started to see a substantial return where mm, I could actually mm. purchase things and right. my articles were going like viral or semi-viral. Mm. Um, and then outside of that, I was doing a lot of freelance work that involved writing anyway. So right. I used to do blog articles, um, work with a couple of startup companies, doing like marketing, copywriting type stuff, nice. um, doing some consulting projects as well, which I still continue to do now, although a little bit less so in favor of other things. Yeah. Um, and then like right now, very like bespoke freelance writing, which mm. has been pretty dope. Um, and then another example for me, which has been relatively recent um mm. is baking so i've always yeah. always enjoyed cooking and stuff like that but it was only a couple of i want to say like early last year that i was like really in my baking bag right so that was a pretty dope experience where yeah was like making stuff nice. and selling it which is dope and like making birthday cakes mm-hmm. and cupcakes and all sorts of good stuff so those are kind of like my um experiences from monetizing a passion like my passions Mm -hmm. um but speaking of like our own experiences Mm. and how we've made money from our passions yeah one question i have for you is like the practical process because it's all well and good to say like okay cool like i made money from following my dream right but practically Mm -hmm. what does that look like Mm. what did that look like for you Mm. and what kind of advice would you give to someone who's potentially just starting out they mm. like something but they're not really quite sure how to connect the dots yeah yeah so i i think the most i think the first thing to do that's easiest is to look at people who've already done it mm. so if you in my case the model was always there in terms of okay i have a passion for hair who do i know that gets paid to do hair mm. well my auntie's a hairdresser she's a mobile hairdresser yeah um but as i grew older i i understood that there are so many ways to make money in this industry you know mm. you could sell hair you could drop ship you could um become an influencer and get free hair like there are so many different avenues to go down i think the first thing to do is to get educated on the models of monetization mm. so um for example with my passion for speaking and um being able to delve into like candid conversations I was thinking to myself okay when people speak they speak at events Mm. or they speak um in corporations or they're a motivational speaker or there's other routes like podcasting or creating content on YouTube and for me at that stage of my life at like 19 years old Mm. the most accessible thing for me to do was to do YouTube and it was my own platform and I love ownership and it's something that I talk about quite a bit but for me being able to own your your platform whilst I don't own the YouTube platform I own my little corner of it and it gives I think it's being a part of a system that allows you to monetize just like you were talking about with medium Mm. it doesn't monetization doesn't have to be complicated because there are already systems and platforms in place that will allow you to monetize easily and effectively Mm. and in a way that is mutually beneficial not only for you who is growing in your skill but for the platform itself right so just kind of putting yourself in those spaces and into plugging yourself into those systems helps. Mm-hmm. Um, another form of monetization, which I learned, you know, f- later on in my hair passion and, and that journey yeah. was um, 
being an affiliate for mm. a company and selling somebody else's hair. This was before I started my own hair company, CDB London. If you're checking for a wig or some hair extensions. Hashtag CDB London. So Hashtag. we're currently wearing a CDB London. <laughs> Hashtag is... hair make it easy. Um, but yeah, before I started my company, yeah. I was working with a company who would give me a commission yeah. for, you know, helping promote their hair. And it's something that you can do with other companies as well. So I think the first thing, like I said, about monetization is looking at the models that you could plug yourself into. The second thing is developing your craft to a point where you know how to articulate what it is you do to convince people to pay for it. Mm. Right. Um, I think that there's in my case, I was, like I said, a part of systems that monetize quite easily because they're self-run and those are the systems themselves. Like YouTube, I don't need to think about convincing you to subscribe to my channel. Yeah. If you like my content, you subscribe because yeah. you know that that's the action you take when you're on YouTube, right? But for somebody who may be like you, a copywriter, mm. or um, maybe offering their services as a consultant to you know another company, I work with an amazing marketing company or a marketing agency called Afadi mm. um, who are they handle like all my Facebook ads that you see like around and it's because that's a, that's a like niche area that I don't really want to spend not that I don't want to specialize in but I don't have the knowledge of yeah but they for example because it's such an a niche offering yeah. Yeah. they have to convince you as to why to sign on with them and pay them monthly so I think if you really assess what it is that you do um, if you're trying to sell to people or get people to hire you, mm. it's important to find a way to communicate what it is you do and how you're solving somebody else's problem. Mm. If that's what you're seeking to do. Um, so even with like Ren Bakes, it's treats that are also good for you, you mm. know, and, and mm. that you can enjoy without with from somebody who's also health conscious, mm. um, but also that are just good and they yeah. taste nice. But how do you communicate that? You know, how do you communicate that homemade feel? So that's the kind of marketing and, um, aspect of it um so I think all of these things are things that you need to think about and then you need to think for yourself to what degree do you want to monetize this you mm -hmm. know do you mm -hmm. want to fully blow this into like a massive company do you want to yep. get funding or is this something that you want to do when you come back from work you know it's not going to replace your full-time job as much as you're passionate about it or is this something that you do want to grow to to replace your full-time job I think it's really about outlining your wants and your desires from the thing that from the things that you do mm. um and understanding that there is no one fixed blueprint for yeah. this thing um whilst you can study other people's paths you can know you can study my my um entry into monetizing a side hustle monetizing a passion and you can study renee's you don't have to follow them mm. you know um step for step and that's good i think that's that flexibility um and it's not just the flexibility but that ability to dictate yeah. what you want to get out of stuff is what's so amazing about monetizing your passion yeah i know yeah. for sure and um i think what really resonated with me um at least for my journey was the importance of experimentation mm. i think oftentimes when we start thinking you know i want to make money from my passion we start thinking that we're gonna it's gonna happen straight away mm. um and in so in my case for example something like medium where you know i could have easily gotten discouraged by making three cents in a month but carried on and yeah. eventually saw the tens and the hundreds and being able to first of all stick with something mm. but also being open to experiment yeah. is a great way to think about monetizing whatever it is that you do so true um, because you might find that you monetize in a way that you weren't really expecting yeah so 
if you are thinking of creating video content, definitely go for the established forms, but mm. understand that it may take some time or you might want to experiment with other ways to definitely. make that money. I mean, yeah, on a platform like YouTube, there's so many ways that you can potentially monetize. Mm. And a lot of people tend to conflate um, vanity metrics for monetization. Oh, so, so good. Just because, you know, somebody has, again, something like YouTube and Instagram are yeah. great examples. Just because someone has X amount of followers, mm. X thousand or X million doesn't mean that they're making all the money. Definitely, There could be people who have like, followers in the hundreds or mm. just like a thousand followers that are making bank from so their Instagram on. profiles so and from their YouTube channels. Yeah. Um, so don't feel like you have to get to an established place either to Definitely. start monetizing or start yeah. that journey because... I've, I've actually got an anecdote on that because when I started YouTube, yeah. I, I was in a similar position as you were with Medium. You yeah. know, my AdSense checks were like, you know, we can't <laughs> we can't send you your first <laughs> check till you like make a hundred pounds yeah. or a hundred dollars or something. And so, you know, you then watch your how much am I making every day? And it's like, mm. yeah, you're making like 25p. And it's like, how am I going to get to a hundred pounds? Like when? Bruh. And so I didn't actually get my first AdSense check yeah. until like maybe nine months to a year mm. into starting YouTube. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. before then I had already had sponsorships. And I think that that's something that comes hand in hand with exploring the models yep. of how do you monetize? And like you're saying, not being stuck um, thinking that it can only be done in one way. Mm. I think the easiest way to explore your options is to talk to other people in your space. Hundred, And that's exactly what I did. You know, when I started YouTube, I started to talk to other YouTubers who were on, you know, different levels as me, you know, trying to reach out to people and ask what are the way, or even just doing your research. There's so much information out there. Mm looking at okay what are the ways of monetization and then you start to discover it's not just adsense it's affiliate links commissions it's sponsorships it's um f- even pr and getting free stuff helps you make money or um save money so looking at these different angles or being able to sell your own products yeah um get people to subscribe not subscribe to your channel but subscribe to a membership program or exclusive content um is all these are several options that you can explore, mm. which on face value, if you're not invested in really thinking about how can I monetize this, you probably wouldn't know about. Um, but also that's why it also comes down to how do you package yourself well mm. to convince people to like, not even, co- yeah, to convince people to pay you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And to backpedal a little bit because... As much as it is really helpful, um, and we've been really dropping some free game there, Courtney. <laughs> hello, consultant. You hello, know. business. We're here to add hello, value. Hello, money. <laughs> um, been dropping a couple of gems there, but let's backpedal a bit and yeah. thinking about the whole idea of monetizing your passion in the mm. first place. Were there any times where you felt like either you have a passion that yeah. you didn't want to monetize consciously, yeah. or were there times where you know a passion? that you may have monetized previously mm. you didn't want to monetize anymore yeah or did basically did you go through a period where you know there were certain things that you wanted to do but you actively either weren't making money from them mm. or didn't want to monetize them um is there anything that i've done that i wanted to monetize that hasn't worked out in that way no i think i'm one of those people who when I focus on something, I'm going to really try to make it work. Yeah. Um, that's not to say I haven't had failures or things that may not have like worked out exactly how I wanted, mm-hmm. but I genuinely think that 
for me, things have worked out quite well because I've had quite a focus mm-hmm, on like, mm-hmm. okay, it's content creation, it's CDB London or this the hair company, you yeah. know? Um, I think there are skills and talents and passions that I have that I don't monetize. Yeah. So like, I can sing, for example, but I'd rather like keep that to church. I'm, it's not like I'm going to drop an album and get a manager and be like, know. let's drop an EP. Um, you never know. Yeah, it might be something in the, in the, in the future. Rap artist. <laughs> No, I can't. I can't. I can't rap. You know, <laughs> I really. I can make a song like on the spot, but I can't rap. I don't know. There's a glitch in my brain. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, but I think that there are some things that you do which you don't always have to monetize. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've yeah, like I said, I've experienced that with my love of music. Yeah. Or um, I mean, I don't know if I do other. Oh, video editing. Like I can create graphics yeah. and stuff like that, and yeah. I do that for a lot of different things. Um, but it's never something that I developed well enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that that was a key, that is a key element in monetizing your craft, mm. being good, right? Mm. And I think that that <laughs> and it's a key thing to discuss. And that's not to say wait till you're perfect. Yeah. But I do. Think think you need to create a level or you need to build up a level of skill that Mm. makes you worth the money that you're charging yeah and I think with certain skills that I have there was never a drive enough whilst I love doing them Mm. was there a drive enough to develop them into monetizable skills Mm -hmm. not always yeah and I think that that's super important to have you know is this something that not just you're in love with when you do it, but is this something you're driven to constantly develop and grow? Mm. That's something you have to ask yourself. Like with you, with baking, I'm sure whilst you love ba- baking and you found it therapeutic, that's the word, right? Yeah. Therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst you love baking and you found it therapeutic, I'm sure there are some parts of like having to test out new ingredients, having to go over recipes over and over again to develop it mm. can be so tiresome, you yeah. know, and those things can take the love out of it. But your dedication to monetizing it is what drives you to become better. Mm. So I think there's a fine balance between I'm charging you because I love to do this and, you know, hire me because I love it. Yeah. That's not enough. You know, me coming to you and being like, why should I pay you to write, you know, the descriptions on my website or to Mm. write this article? You telling me that you love it is not enough to convince me to pay you. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. you have to be good. That's what will sell me. It's all about the value that you add to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that requires a bit more dedication, a bit more discipline and is less. Oh, I love this part. You know, the business development part is a bit boring sometimes. Very challenging. Mm. But it all lends itself to still having the freedom to do what it is you love in essence. Mm. So I think for me, the only times I've, well, yeah, the times that I've hesitated to monetize or I haven't monetized something that I've been passionate about has been because I know I'm not dedicated to developing this skill yeah. to a place enough where I can monetize it. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, no, completely. I don't have the time. Um, that's I mean, it. this is it. Um, if, if you know me well, you'll know that one thing that I struggle with is being a really, really good generalist. Like mm. I love learning a lot of things. Yeah, you I do. love <laughs> picking up all sorts of skills. So for me, the whole focus point is highly triggering because <laughs> as much as like when I do focus on things, I execute them really, really well. Mm. My attention sometimes can Me's drift. Basis. Oh, my attention can drift and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I want to learn this. Or yeah. like, I want to do this and I want to do that. In terms of the question around should you monetize your passion, I think a couple of things. Um, I definitely have some skills that I could monetize that mm. I'm not actively pursuing. Mm. Um, the first is I actually don't want to. Right. Um, I think not everything that you do that you love or that you pursue 
is something that needs to make money like you need to make money from it mm. because as you said like the whole business development side of it or even if it's just a side hustle there is some elements of it that require active labor that yeah. you might not like yeah. and if it's something that's like a hobby then it might lend itself better to remaining a hobby mm. one of my favorite hobbies for example is fitness and exercise yeah there's definitely space for me to monetize that quite easily because mm. i know a lot about nutrition i mm. know about like exercise and i've actually written programs for like my friends and family including me Hey guys, I was about to like plug my fitness program, but wait, that's not the point. I'm trying to say why I'm not, I'm not. Um, but yeah, have written programs for friends and family, including Courtney. And yeah. it's just something that I enjoy by myself. Like I don't want the pressure of, especially with something like fitness, mm. it's a very optics driven industry. Mm. And I don't want the pressure of having to work out to keep up a specific image yeah. or because it becomes marketing your yeah. body becomes marketing and I exercise because it's a great reliever of my mental health mm. I really want to enjoy it I go with friends from time to time yeah. I love having that for me so in terms of like monetizing your passions if it is something that you're doing that you genuinely want to keep for yourself that's fine too mm. um and don't feel pressured to like monetize everything for the sake of doing it just yeah, because it is your passion definitely so there's definitely that and then in terms of like stepping back from you know the more subjective stuff around like loving up your passion and mm. wanting to keep it to yourself as you were saying courtney are you good at what you do because it's one question. thing to have a passion for something it doesn't mean you're good at it like cooking Facts. you could be passionate about cooking the best yeah. mac and cheese ever yeah but your mac and cheese doesn't bang so what do you do yeah i think and and it's not just that it doesn't bang. It bangs to you. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And does that mean... No, it's beautiful to you. Yeah, but does that mean there's a wider audience for it? Like, exactly. for example, I watch a lot of, like, property stuff. Yeah. Just, for example, Homes Under the Hammer, right? Yeah. And they always say to, like, people who are investing in a property to let it out, to rent it out, to sell it in future, they're like, don't do it to your taste. Yeah. Right? And I think there are a lot of things... Or don't decorate it, sorry, to your taste or don't renovate it to your personal taste. Mm. Make it objective yeah. and make it appealing to the masses in the market. Mm. And I feel like that's where sometimes with our passions, and I think you have to decipher, you know, your passion can be something super specific to you. You know, mm. you cook the way that you like and your household likes or you know, just to your palate or... Am I doing something that appeals to the masses? Mm. And like you said, it might not appeal to the masses and that that's fine. But then fine. it also limits your monetization options because yeah. it's, it becomes a niche product. Yeah, precisely this, precisely this. As well as other things to consider, like, is it easy to do? Mm. Because oftentimes we can think, oh, you know, like, because I love it, that's enough. But if it's actually a difficult thing for you to do, mm. is it worth monetizing? Right. And then the last question that I kind of, think about when i'm thinking about whether i want to monetize something is is it sustainable mm. um it might be something that's sustainable now but is it sustainable in the next few months yeah. is it something that's sustainable in the next few years and this is not to say that you shouldn't pursue it because you know it's gonna like you're going to end it after a year or two yeah. that's also perfectly fine definitely but understanding what is the life cycle of this thing that i'm doing mm. if i were to monetize it yeah and would i be okay with that that's so true because a lot of us will get into things whether it be a side hustle or business and we're like yep now that i've monetized it i feel the pressure to keep it going forever mm. and that doesn't have to be the case and 
you don't have to do it at all in the first place if you're so not comfortable true. with that life it's cycle. So, so I think, yeah, those are all the things that I would consider when it comes to should I monetize my passion. Mm. And then the last thing is don't feel pressure just because it seems like everybody else is doing it. Facts. Like, yeah, Absolute I'm living the facts. life that I desire because I'm doing, I'm monetizing my passion. Yeah. It's a lie. Oh, and it's that's actually something I'm battling now with something that I'm working on. Everyone looks at it and they're like, oh, you know, you could monetize this. And I've tried and it's just like, it doesn't sit well with me. Like mm. monetizing this, because it is a passion. It's just like, actually, I just want to put it out, yeah, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people look at you like, you're crazy. Do you know how much money you could make on off of this? And then you start to think to yourself too, like, oh crap. Like I'm actually cheating yeah. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm making such a dumb decision. Yeah. But inside, if it doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right. It doesn't sit right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's not all of those people that are going to have to live with the the, decision, the decisions, the maintenance, the sustenance. It's you. Yeah. You're going to have to wake up in the morning and face something that you hate doing because you monetize something you love. Right. So don't let something that you love become something you hate because Mm. somebody else said that you should do X, Y, Z. That's gold. That's so good. You'll be stuck. That's how people are stuck doing jobs that they don't like. Yeah. They're stuck in relationships with people they hate. Yeah. They're like just stuck doing all sorts of things. And right? also having to live up to expectations that you really don't want. When you charge for something, I know people always say like, oh. no, no. If people are paying you, yeah, they have it. the right to have expectations. hundred percent. And now if you are in this position where it's like, okay, I've taken someone's money, but I don't want to live up to these expectations or these extra demands of like customer service. Mm. It can drive you wild. Like I remember when I first started my hair company and like you would get some difficult customers. Yeah. But you just have to tell yourself, but they're your customer. Like they're they're trusting you with money and you've got to deliver. Yeah, 100. Um, And so you have to be really like down with the plan and and what what it is you're planning to achieve and what you desire to achieve in order to get through those really tricky moments but if you are at a stage where you're like i can't be bothered to deal with all of this then maybe the monetization game isn't isn't for you you need to leave yeah unless your 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 uh your monetization process is automated and you don't have to do customer service yourself can you actually imagine like i think of it like imagine going to a supermarket Mm. and you've got your groceries or something like that Mm. but the groceries are expired or something else has happened and the manager says, well, it's my passion. So <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot, and a lot of people it. think that like, oh, because I'm passionate about it, it will always be good. Nah, human beings don't work like that. No. You know, there'll be a day where you're super tired. Yeah. Um, there'll be a day where passion isn't enough. You yeah, know, as much not. as you can be passionate about something, there'll be a day you wake up and you're like, bun it. Like I'm actually yeah. tired and yeah. I don't, I don't want to do this thing. You know, whilst you may love to cook a lot of chefs, for example, they're like when they come home and they have to cook. Ugh, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So whilst you may be passionate, you don't want to do it all the time. Exactly. And also understanding um, that this is something that me and Courtney were talking about earlier, actually, that with everything that you pursue, there's always going to be some bad bits. Hundred. You just need to decide whether this bad is worth it yeah so when it comes to things like monetizing your passion understand that it's not going to be a walk in the fields just because it's your passion yeah there's still going to be bad bad sides to it in the same way that you get into a relationship with somebody that you love there's Mm. still going to be some times where you argue and like hate each other or you know when you go to school and you might love your subject but you know there's times where you're crying over an essay there's still going to be some bad elements so i think that even when we think about monetizing our passions, 
it's the managing of expectations yeah. that comes with it that yeah. is super super important and if you're not ready to deal with the reality of managing your expectations and you're not ready to deal with the fact that you're going to actually put in work to do things you dislike mm. then maybe you're not ready at all you're not ready because that's just not the way life works yeah facts that's just not the way life works but one question a more tangential but related question that is within this remit Mm. must a because many of us start passion projects and they start out as a side hustle yeah must a side hustle always become must it always scale oh it's a good question you know does it always have to become a fully fledged business or is there leeway around choosing like when you do monetize your passion Mm. is there leeway to choose how much it grows into something bigger Mm, yes 100 percent. yeah i think there's there's always choice and i don't think you should force yourself to make something into something just because you feel like oh this is the inevitable thing to do um I definitely think there's always room for a side hustle to stay a side hustle Mm. um, and for you to stop it or to start it or to to have seasons where it's like, I'm not doing this anymore and I'll do it later. Especially when you're young, I think those flexibilities Mm. should always be there. Um, I think it can be difficult to transition a side hustle into a main hustle. Mm. Um, The the mindset shift, the the practical um, effort that you need to put into it and the work around it is completely different so I think you need to mentally prepare yourself for that um and sometimes you might not want to do it you know and I think that's completely fine um yeah so I think there is you you don't have to always scale a side hustle into a main hustle Mm. I don't and I also don't think your business like I've been seeing a lot of questions recently um about can you do a nine to five and have a successful company all the time you know and I yeah. think that that is also another co- good conversation to have because a lot of people think oh I started a company I've got to do it full time not necessarily mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. it's all about putting systems in place that work according to your desires mm. I think once you start doing something like I said because you feel like oh it's just a thing that is meant to happen you know I have a company why would I have a nine to five yeah you put yourself in unnecessary bondage like you started this thing (laughs) (laughs) no and that's why that's why passion projects grow into things you hate yeah right because you're not doing it the way you wanted to do it anymore Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. doing it according to what everyone else seems to be doing Mm. but actually there are people who have companies that they're growing slow and steady yeah and they're still maintaining a full-time job Mm -hmm. or they want it to stay slow and steady they don't want it to scale to x billions you know and Mm -hmm, they're fine mm -hmm. with that or they don't want to raise vc funding and they're fine with that um but i think once you start thinking that there's only one route to success you really limit yourself out of your own choice and your own Mm -hmm. ownership of your time and your effort for sure and i think in what you touched on insofar as like challenging our conceptions of success is super Mm. important because when we think of financial freedom, it's always mm. the big CEO that has like the big company that's yeah. pulling in six figures when you could be doing X amount of side hustles and pulling in the same amount. 100%. And that's perfectly fine. Like you 100%. could be living very comfortably. You could be an employee mm-hmm. with multiple side hustles mm-hmm. and you're pulling in six figures a year. 100%. And that's also perfectly okay. Yeah. I think there's just so much pressure around, okay, cool, if I am going to go for my passion, because oftentimes when we do try to monetize our passion Mm. our passion is something that lies outside of what we believe traditionally makes money 
Right. So it right. feels like we're taking a risk. And right. if it's like, oh, if I'm going to take a risk with this, I need to be all in. Mm. I can't be, you know, one toe out and what one toe in. I'm taking the the leap of faith. However, <laughs> got in your face it? already. It's a bit silly. Like, <laughs> nah, nah, I get it though. But it's a wild thing to do. Yeah, it's it a is. wild thing it to is. do. It is, and I think it's all about again what does success look like for mm. you and being okay and comfortable if it doesn't necessarily fit this traditional all or nothing mentality that yes. we have when it comes to maintaining or achieving financial yeah. freedom like you don't have to jump all the way into the seat you can dip 100%. your toe in try it experiment giving your all can be strategic <laughs> no 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 because sometimes this rhetoric of if you really want it to work you would dedicate all your time and it's your crazy. focus it doesn't apply to everything yeah because yeah. the word making it or the phrase making it work is so subjective mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me getting one sale a day on one product that i sell mm. may be success it's mm. an extra couple you know tens of pounds in my pocket or an extra couple dollars in my account at the end of the month mm. that could be success but then another person may be looking at their venture and thinking it won't be working until we've raised three million in funding yeah you know so making something work making a side hustle or making a company work is so subjective and that's why you have to outline your goals even if they change over time Mm. outline your short-term goals you know Mm. this year i want to have made this much and whether people consider it big or you you consider it small whatever yeah if that's your goal then try and reach that you don't have to make six figures straight away you know and that shouldn't be the 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 marker of success if your mm. company is bringing in enough that you are happy with or your side hustle is bringing in enough that you are happy with then it's successful mm. that's it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and such a super tangential point maybe we can do a whole episode on it but i think that a lot of people are uncomfortable with the prospect of living what would be classified as a mediocre life if that makes mm, sense okay explain um, it was a really interesting thing that i saw on um one of my friends um, instagram pages where a lot of us kind of live with this level of grandiosity mm. which is many of us think that we are going to be those ceos of the fortune mm, 500 companies mm. and many of us want to have a very specific level and um fulfillment of success right without or rather avoiding other routes that are a little bit less traditional, which would be seen as less success- successful. So, for example, having a salaried role with multiple side hustles mm. versus being a CEO of a six-figure, yeah. um, seven-figure company. When you put them together, some people will say that the former mm. is mediocre and mm. the latter is more impressive. And I think a lot of us can sometimes... And again, a question of like time frame as well, because... The thing about like social media and the thing about like the 21st century is the closeness in proximity we have to people that are not in the mm, same league as us. This is so it. we start to believe that okay, cool, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Because of and general what's consensus. Right? Exactly. Because of general consensus, this is what I need to do in order to become successful, rich, wealthy. That's... I need to live my life like this in order That's... to feel important and yeah. purposeful. And because we're so afraid of falling short of that. We're not exploring other ways that might actually be more suited to us. So So because of this whole idea of, again, I just think it's such hubris and such like unnecessary pressure that a lot of us put ourselves under into fitting a mold of success that just really doesn't suit us because we think that 
our lives need to be purposeful in this particular way mm. rather than just saying, you know what, let me explore, let me see what works for me yeah. and running with it because yeah, that's I, the quickest way to just fail in the long run. Yeah, 100%. I think you're spot on. Like you see what's glorified on, like for example, something that I personally struggled with mm. was the idea of having to get investors in my company. Mm. Getting investors in my company is that like stamp of approval that this is a concept that will work. Yes. People believe in it. People have put their money to back it. But honestly, when people buy my products every day, it's them showing that I believe in, I believe in what you're doing. I'm yeah. convinced enough to spend hundreds of pounds on 100. what it is you're doing. And so people are convinced by what it is I'm doing. I'm convinced by what it is I'm doing, but it might not look conventionally successful mm. if you compare it to what's applauded and it's not to say that raising funding is not impressive because it's a very hard process mm. and i am mm. so inspired by all the entrepreneurs that i see do it but you have to decide is this something that's personally right for me exactly at this. this time and where i'm trying to be and what i'm trying to do and so i have you know <laughs> in this realm of you know ownership and yeah. thinking about it so much um you know, I did think a lot about, okay, so in, you know, having all these business ideas that I have rolling in my mind, getting investment would definitely shoot it up. And, you know, we have these conversations yeah. all the time, but then you're kind of faced with these things of, but what if I was able to just get the money and not need investors, mm -hmm. right? Mm. What if I was able to just do this thing out of my own organic community? Yeah. What yeah. if I was able to build this thing in a way that was just slow but steady you know mm. and it may feel very discouraging in the beginning because it's like oh crap like if I got investment I could be on a full salary straight away yeah. I could be yeah. on you know I could have that that knowledge that we have a little bit of cash to burn not mm. to say that you should be burning through investment money but in the sense that Listen, when you have no money in your account, you don't sleep easy at night. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you that. So when you know, like you've got bills to pay and, you know, contractors to pay and um, space to pay for and all of the inventory to buy mm. and you've got things to still send to customers, it, it would make you rest easy yeah. if you knew, well, there's a little bit of money sitting there yeah. that I can help cover these costs e until the business starts generating enough money, right? Mm. But then when I started to think about my trajectory and my desires and my plans, it didn't make sense for me. Mm. And then it started to make me feel unsuccessful. You know, if I have a company that doesn't raise investment for this particular company, not to say it's out of the question for the future, mm. does that make me an unsuccessful entrepreneur? Yeah. Does being an entrepreneur have to be qualified by and backed by this many investors mm. or this is how much money I make. For example, you know, can you be a successful entrepreneur if you don't make a meal mm. or don't make six figures? And I think those are the questions that can sometimes run in people's head to make them feel unqualified yeah. because you're looking at what other people applaud and seeing that as success. Yeah. But actually there are a lot of everyday millionaires walking on the street who will tell you, I got my wealth because I own two homes that are worth a million pounds. Yeah. It's that simple. It's like really that, that, that's literally it. Or, you know, I invested in some index funds and now I'm a millionaire. Mm. It's nothing that the world would consider remarkable, but it's still the same benchmark of financial freedom or of wealth. And I feel like that's sometimes where we get it so wrong because we're so, it, it's less about the actual achievement and it's more about who is going to think that this is respectable and yeah. who's going to validation that this who's going to validate this yeah. exactly yeah yeah no i thought that 
Ooh, Courtney, you really dropped us an entire anecdote and gems it's wrapped crazy. up in one. That felt like a chunky burrito and I really enjoyed <laughs> that. But no, I definitely resonate a lot with um, what you were saying. It's it's the vanity metric syndrome mm. again, isn't it? This whole idea of when you allow external factors and external validation to dictate how you go about doing your business, yeah. you will always fail. 100. Because if you are pursuing your passion, as you said earlier, you need to pursue your passion with your own method and means mm. in mind as well. So what is validated as successful in you know the public mind might not work for you and that's okay and that's the same when it comes to monetizing your passion whether you decide to monetize it right. or not should not be dictated solely by vanity metrics and what other people have to say about it right um and it's also a decision that doesn't need to be made lightly you don't have to do it tomorrow you don't mm. have to do it next week you can also take your time unfortunately folks we have run out of time today But as always, you can let us know what you have to say about monetizing your side hustle, your experiences, whether you've decided to monetize your side hustle or your business or any idea or passion that you have by adding us on Instagram at to my sisterhood. And of course, you can always say hi to us personally on our pages at CD Boateng and at Renee Kapuku. Or you can tweet us on Twitter using the hashtag to my sisters and join the sisterhood by signing up to our weekly newsletter so we can grow and glow together. We will talk to you very soon in the season finale of this. <laughs> in the season finale of season one of the To My Sisterhood podcast. Don't worry, we won't be gone for too long. But as always, keep glowing and growing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> 